welcome to Marketing Management Money with Ryan and Ethan. So this is where we are. Um, we just did an episode on negotiations. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to Ethan, and uh, you're telling me that, uh, that you wanted to do more. Uh, and you've got some stuff that you wanted to share. Uh, you were going to get into some uh, some Myers Briggs, some uh, you know, kind of some of the, some some of the the psychology that that goes into this. And so I'm putting you a little bit on the spot. Uh, normally, I give you uh, some time to, to to prep and brush up on this, but uh, we're going to put you on the spot, and and, and we're gonna we're gonna delve into negotiations at a little bit of a deeper level as kind of a part two uh, from the, the previous episode that we did. So, so with that backdrop, uh, why, don't, uh, why don't we kind of just take it, give me, start it off with, you know, wh- what is it that you wanted to, uh, to, to cover uh, in negotiations? Let's, let's, let's outline this a little bit and, you know, give an overview. Okay. So, well, let's, let's go back and touch a little bit about the first episode, because if you just happen to pick this one up, um, there is a first one that we did, a part one, where mm. we talked a little bit more about strategy, tactics, kind of maybe some do's and don'ts that right. were tied with it, things like that. So a little bit more of the tangible side. In this one, we want to deal with a little bit more of the psychological warfare piece <laughs> of it, you could say. <laughs> okay. that The mental piece of it, because... If you if you understand that mental side or the personalities that that individuals and cultures etc bring to the table, then you um, you understand a little bit maybe more how you want to negotiate that and or what maybe what's happening, and you know it was fascinating and, I, and as I share some of this one I'll I'll uh, share a few examples because I just said in a negotiation just the other day. And just watch some of this unfold, and it just for me, I it's fascinating. I find it extremely fascinating. Actually, it's kind of creepy, I guess. But um, to watch how some of this plays out, knowing exactly what's going to happen, and and what the end result's going to be, if neither one of those party recognizes some of the things that we'll talk about today. So, um, so with that, anyways, we'll talk a little bit more on the the personality side of it. So you know, Myers and Briggs has some good personality side of stuff. That they bring out. Uh, so I'll list, I'll tell you three different sources that I'll let you go do your own homework on. Uh, so Myers and Briggs has the personality side of it. Mm-hmm. Pretty um, well known. Yes, very well known on on the, for instance, I'm an INTJ. So for those of you that understand it, that will make complete sense mm-hmm. of what that is. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of all of that because we'll burn a whole episode just on, just on the personality characteristics that you have or mm-hmm. the temperaments. Um but applying them to business, there's two other sources that are pretty good that put it in a different perspective to help you understand it. Uh, Chris Gibbons with the National Center for Economic Gardening, mm-hmm. uh, he talks a bit about the personalities and, and uh, Myers and Briggs and puts them in a little bit di- slightly different classification uh, so that they understand the internal dynamics of an organization and, and the characteristics that they use. And he'll use words like uh, guardian, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and then the other one is, uh, another gentleman that, uh, uh, I think you were, I think you were, uh, you have, may have met him when we did it too, Joe Abraham. Yeah. With bossy DNA. Uh huh. Okay. So he, he does a similar thing and kind of, um, uh, uses that same personality to explain the different personality types and what they are and why you need them in an organization as well. Okay, so there's some background, three individuals that you can do some homework on uh, to look into that. Okay, so let's let's jump 
uh, forward a little bit. So, so, so real quick, and I know, I know, I'm already bringing in the tangent. <laughs> aren't Myers Briggs? Aren't those females? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, a mom and daughter. Yeah, I don't think most people real. I didn't realize that for years, and then all of a sudden, and the crazy thing wasn't this done back in the fifties? Oh, probably. It's extremely. Well, for me and you, is extremely old. I don't know. We're both getting kind of older, but it. it I'm not date, 1950s it, old. It, it outdates us. So, so uh. I, I I just want to point out something um, that to me is kind of impressive. That the Myers Briggs came out of an era where women really weren't, uh, you know, they weren't very influential in business. Yes. I mean, hardly at all. And I'm talking United States here. I, I, I yeah. can't speak for the rest of the world. But, uh, you know, women were not influential. And here you have this mother-daughter combo that come up with this personality test that, as you pointed out, even if people are coming up with, you know, some 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 variations, you know, making it a little bit more business-centric with, uh, you know, Joe jo Abrams and uh, Chris Gibbons, they're still basing it off of some of this original Myers-Briggs. And so I, I, I think it's worth shouting out to people who just don't know that little bit of history that it's like, hey, you know, good for you. Good for you for, uh, you know, breaking out of the cultural norm and coming up with something that has lasted for decades and really become foundational. So that's just my little yeah. shout out to Myers-Briggs. Yeah. Go ladies. And they have they have been very fundamental in a lot of things when it comes to personality characteristics temperaments i mean there's a lot of words keywords that go with it so mm. but you're right i like the fact that you you said it became fundamental it's a foundation that a lot of other people build uh their work off of which mm. is impressive yeah so okay. okay bring it back in <clears throat> so yeah before we run out of time because these are always too short <laughs> by the time you look at me and you're waving your hand across your throat like a pirate because we're out of time so no, no okay. that's just me threatening you that has nothing to do with the time <laughs> that i've said something wrong okay so let's talk um and focus on uh and the, the principle well four other characteristics when we come to negotiations that are important to look at and and Understand the best that you can. One is uh, confrontational. The opposite then is non-confrontational. Mm. And then uh, two other words, individualism and collectivism. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me give a brief definition behind each one. Confrontational generally means that the individual is very direct but non-personal. Okay. And I want to point out, confrontational doesn't mean negative. Correct. That's uh, th correct. There's a lot of people that, oh, they're so confrontational, and it, and it takes on this negative tone. This just means that they're direct in their approach. It has nothing yeah. to do with whether, and, and you can be, you know, you can be uh, using some of your terminology, a refined, you know, confrontationalist yeah. or an unrefined confrontationalist. So, correct. you know, it's not necessarily that any of these four that you're going to talk about are positive or negative. It's not that you're striving to become one and trying to, you know, eliminate the negative. It's that these are just different personality types or approaches. That's correct. Thank you for clarifying that. So uh, non-confrontational then is kind of what it sounds like. We, we are not very direct and those individuals tend to take things more personal. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the exact opposite of that. Uh, individualism and collectivism are exactly how they sound, that I'm focused on the individual versus I'm focused on the collective good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Community, I'm looking, social. Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay, so keeping those in mind, 
<clears throat> let's talk a little bit. Let's go back and we'll talk about the first two, uh, confrontational and non-confrontational, and give a few examples. So confrontational means that uh, when you and I start a negotiation, I'm going to say, if, if, if you say something or you put a, uh, you make a comment, I may say something like, I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm very... I'm very direct in what I said, and it's not personal. I, it's nothing towards you. It means that I have simply disagreed with the statement. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't say that I disagreed with Ryan Murray and that I think you're an idiot. I just simply said I disagreed with that statement. Okay, and what's super interesting? So I'm thinking of this because I just did a training for a group yesterday. And in that training, we were talking about building your management team. And one of the comments was don't surround yourself with yes men. And, you know, as you're talking about this, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, putting this in a better light of confrontational, non-confrontational and understanding, well, who's going to oppose you, who's not going to oppose you, and maybe, you know, putting that in some some better light as you're making those management decisions. So I I, I find that fascinating. I just wanted to kind of throw that thought out there. So uh, if I look at you and I say, I I don't like your shirt, Mm -hmm. okay. If you're non-confrontational, you just go, oh, he must just not like the color. Right. Because it does look good on me. Okay. <laughs> but um, if I'm non-confrontational and by trait and I say to you, well, let me say, if you are non-confrontational by trait and I'm confrontational, I look at you and say, I don't like your shirt. You take it very personal. Oh, he doesn't like me. He thinks I'm stupid. Okay. He thinks I'm an idiot for wearing the shirt. Okay. They take it personal. The non-confrontational. The non-confrontational. But the confrontational is going to just be like, I eh, just, whatever. I just simply said, I don't like your shirt. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean it personal. I, it just means that for whatever reason, that color of it, I didn't care for. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I like blue and you're wearing red. I don't like your shirt. Mm-hmm. Okay. It had nothing to do with you at all. Mm-hmm. So non-confrontational. There's no personal. You mean confrontational. Oh, Yeah. Thank you. You got to keep me straight. You, 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 you've slipped that one twice now. And okay. so let's, let's just I be will, clear. Confrontational is not going to take it personally. Non-confrontational is more apt to take it personal and look deeper into the comment and you. what's behind the comment. Thank you. Okay. Fantastic. Don't let me mess that up again. And I'll try to slow my <laughs> lips down just a little bit so that I don't confuse them again. I don't twist them around. Okay. So, um, let me give you an example. Um, Ryan, we need you to stay late tonight to help us on a project. Mm-hmm. Direct, okay? Confrontational. Yeah. Okay. The non-confront, uh, the direct response back, if we were both using confrontational language, I asked directly, you would, you would answer directly back, yes or no. Yeah. Okay? I can't. I have X, Y, Z tonight. Uh-huh. Okay. Non-confrontational to that response, I need you to work late tonight. We're running late on this project. The non-confrontational would be, well, um, okay, let me check a few things. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I had something. Let me just double check a few things. Uh, yeah, um, let, me, let me see what's going on. Let me see what's going on. Okay. What's interesting is if you really are reading the language of that non-confrontational individual's responses, all those answers are no. Right? Yeah. They just don't know how to do it directly. Okay. Okay. So if I'm communicating and someone's starting to use very non-confrontational language, listen to the language because half the time they're saying no. So, okay, here's the question that I have. 
if someone is non-confrontational, are they going to be non-confrontational across the board? So is it going to be until that, they're offended? Okay. But, but if I ask them, Hey, I need you to work late, but then I also ask them, uh, you want to go grab lunch. And I also ask them, you know, what do you think about, uh, you know, Sam's performance? Uh, like, are, are they going to be non-confrontational in all of their responses? Anytime that there is, um, a negotiation or something at stake, they will be. Okay. So, Hey, you, do you want to go to lunch? If there's nothing at risk, there's nothing at stake. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, however, you want to go to lunch and you're thinking, well, I kind of brought a lunch today. Well, um, you know, I, I probably brought a lunch. I, see what I mean? I, if there's not something critical about it, they're generally because there's nothing at stake. There's nothing and, to lose. And as the stakes rise, does that increase? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yes. talk about that a little bit. You know, here we are looking at negotiations. And so that's when the stakes are, you know, starting to get a little bit hot. And, and if, if you, you really should check out the previous episode because we talked about how negotiations happen constantly. It's yes. not always formal boardroom, you know, sign the contract type negotiations. When, when you're just talking about, you know, workflow or, you know, people's responsibilities or, you know, these cultures that are, that are creeping in, negotiations are constantly happening. And so what, what, what's happening is the stakes are starting to rise with, with the non-confrontational specifically. Well, let me, so let me, change it and step back and let's say, okay, look, let me give you the four scenarios you're looking at. Okay. Confrontational, having uh, a confrontational individual negotiating with another confrontational individual. Okay. Okay. Very direct, direct, or direct. Okay. And generally in those cases, the negotiation ends really fast and no side really gets a win because they're just trying to close the deal and they're too direct. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, sometimes holding, you know, there's a thought in negotiations that, Holding out and massaging a little bit is where you really get the best deals. Uh -huh. Confrontational to confrontational, that's probably not going to happen. Okay. Okay. Confrontational then to non-confrontational, that will kind of happen, but a lot of times they can explode a little bit, if you know what I mean. So okay. th does the one side kind of dominate? The confrontational uh, tends to dominate over the non-confrontational? or uh, Can, because they're very direct. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? They're very direct. I, I need an answer. Yeah. Okay, you, you're just skirting the, around the issue. Now, if you understand that I'm a confrontational and I'm having a conversation with a non-confrontational, you'll actually negotiate it very well. Uh -huh. If you don't understand that, okay, so the, the scenario I was sharing with you before, I said in a negotiation the other day, uh, three parties involved, I'm kind of tied into one of the parties. One individual is very confrontational um, by temperament. Uh -huh. One of them was... Uh, a little bit more non-confrontational by temperament, uh, very direct questions are asked. But what was interesting is uh, the one individual, um, so that the, the non-confrontational, the confrontational individual, you have to remember, it's not personal. Hey, we, we need you to do this. Okay. Well, the non-confrontational person then is representing an organization. And, uh, and that, the comment that comes out of their mouth was, wait, why do you keep referring to me? It's the organization. Mm. Oh, See that all of a sudden, taking it personal. No, this isn't. This isn't me. Uh -huh. Stop referencing me. Okay, okay. I started to take it personal, and the non-confrontational person says, I, "I I know that, but you represent your organization, so it's you." 
Okay. See, there was no, there was no personal attack or attachment to it. It's just that you represent that organization. So I'm referring to you as the organization. Yeah. But the individual didn't like that. Okay. Fa- fascinating. Yeah. So, so, and then, and then actually the third one then is non-confrontational to non-confrontational. I said there was four, but there's three. Okay. So is the non-confrontational to non-confrontational. And those ones are extremely weird because <laughs> think about it. You're always skirting the issue. Both sides, <laughs> both sides completely. Uh-huh. Okay. So, and then you're always trying to f- out guess and figure out what the other one's really meaning by their comments mm-hmm. because they're not direct in those comments. Mm-hmm. So, and, which now all of a sudden you say something back and now they're skirting around the issue. And so though that's probably, that scenario is probably the hardest of the scenarios to deal with because they're both um, not really direct. Sure. They're, they're just, they, they don't know how to address the issue effectively by nature. So, okay. Um, now it gets a little bit compounded. So there's those three. Now let's throw in individualism versus collectivism. Okay. And I'll, I'll use a, an example of cultures cause it's a little bit more clear, uh, by nature. So, uh, America by nature is very individualistic. Mm-hmm. We're trying to establish our own identities, um, we at school we get to wear whatever clothes we want. Um, I I'm told my whole life to go and do what you want to do. Okay, which um, is so interesting because you know our founding documents start "We the people," yeah, and it's the United States, but we're so individualistic. Yeah, uh, and so uh, yeah, we we really are, and we're trying to establish that own identity that we have to set ourselves apart as an individual. Okay. Other cultures are not that way, okay? They're very collectivism mm-hmm. or collective by nature. It's, it's we're in it for the better good, mm-hmm. okay? A lot of the, the Asian uh, uh, countries are that way, mm-hmm. okay? It's, it's not about me. It's about the collective good, mm-hmm. okay? So everything I do has to be for the greater good, okay? So now when I think about negotiations, I'm thinking about the greater good. Well, how is this going to affect my company? Mm-hmm. How's this going to affect my family? How's this going to affect, not me, okay? So now if I'm ne- trying to go negotiate something, even though it's for me personally, I'm trying to negotiate it for the greater good, my family or something bigger than me, mm-hmm. okay? So that's, so if you're in a, if you're with someone who's trying to sell something very individualistic or that principle, and yet you're very collective, that's another hard negotiation because they're, their opposites and what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So is there a personality that tends to be uh, more entrepreneurial? And, and I'm going to, I'm going to put a, a, a little bit of a backdrop here. So, you know, forgive me for, for talking okay. about this, but I, I think this is absolutely fascinating. Uh, so I, I read a study that Inc. Magazine put out and they were talking about, um, you know, entrepreneurial types and they broke it down. Uh, so what they did is they looked at the uh, explosive sales. You know, we're talking a thousand percent increase in sales from year to year, kind of thing, like huge jumps in in sales. And they did clarify in the article, uh, and I think they put this out every single year. Uh, when I when I read it, this is a couple years old, uh, but they uh, they they pointed out in the article that they didn't look at other aspects of the business. They weren't necessarily looking at profitability. 
They weren't looking at, you know, longevity. Uh, they were strictly looking at explosive sales growth. And they broke it down into three personality types. Uh, you know, there's this A personality, kind of the, 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 the bulldog. You just go in, you get what you want, uh, you leave a trail of death and carnage, uh, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. the, the end justifies the means type of entrepreneur. And historically, that has been the most successful entrepreneurial type to really drive sales is the, the people that, that really push, push, push. A and then the, you know, the second category was the strategic uh, salesperson. These are the ones that, you know, they're, they're playing a game of chess when they're doing their business. They're understanding that if, if I do this, you know, what are the unintended consequences that it's going to, uh, you know, impact over here? And so instead of just leaving a trail of death and carnage, they're trying to, uh, you know, kind of manipulate and strategically place everything just so. And, and they were the second group. And when I say first, second, and third, that's also the percentage of entrepreneurs that fell into that category. So most of the high sales were really that typical sales personality, you know, that stereotypical sales personality. And, uh, you know, and then strategic was the second. I fall into the strategic group. That's, uh, you know, that's my approach is, is I'm very strategic in, in how I move forward. Uh, the third group was relationship-based, right. uh, you know, and, and they were more interested in building relationships. Uh, loyalty was kind of a big deal to them. Uh, they moved slower, but once they had those relationships in place, they really leveraged those relationships to see that explosive growth. And they were the smallest group, but they were actually the fastest growing. So there were more people that were adopting this relationship mentality. And every year you'd get more and more people that were seeing growth through relationship building, a kind of a cultural shift. So using that as the backdrop, is there a similar kind of thing where, you know, there's, there's kind of an entrepreneurial personality between, you know, confrontational, non-confrontational, individualistic, collective, is there kind of a dominant personality that, uh, you know, that entrepreneurs tend to take on? And I would picture, and this is very anecdotal, my opinion, but I would picture that, you know, confrontational would be more of an entrepreneurial characteristic, you know, probably like an individualistic confrontational uh, would be very entrepreneurial because those are a lot of the skill sets that you have to have. You have to be very self-centered and saying, okay, you know, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make this happen. And then in confrontational, like you got to get the deals done. But like I said, this is strictly me just looking at it and anecdotally assuming that that would be well, the case. Well, keep in mind that most entrepreneurs make horrible salespeople. <laughs> they do. That, that is true, actually. They, they, they know how to get things done, but that doesn't mean that they're great salespeople. Mm -hmm. So keep, keep in mind that, yes, the, the, uh, the preference that you put on the table for what the characteristics for an entrepreneur are are great, but that doesn't that doesn't make them uh, an amazing negotiator. Mm, okay. Because negotiations, and you're absolutely right, and we you know we we've touched on it now in both episodes about that relationship piece. Mm -hmm. um, those that are able to get away from product negotiations and focus on relationship negotiations are more successful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, and that comes back down to those individuals in the, the term they coined today is emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. 
those individuals that have a higher emotional intelligence, social awareness, people relationships, um, etc., tend to be the most successful in negotiations. So they, meaning they understand themselves and they're able to recognize the temperaments in other people. And so they're able to communicate at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. So that, that's, that's what it comes down to. But yes. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought up that study because we touched on it in that first episode about the you know difference between product and relationships in those negotiations and what, what are you really negotiating for? Right. Um, and uh, that brought a lot of probably a lot more clarity because we only just touched on it. Yeah. So, okay. We're talking about negotiations. I mean, that, that, that's kind of the, the, the foundation of the discussion here. If I start looking at these personality types, now, first off, I want to point out, be true to yourself. You know, there's nothing wrong with developing your skill sets, but you're going to be a lot more successful developing your aptitudes than finding stuff that you're horrible at and thinking, oh, I have to be good at that. Like, you know, great, surround great yourself. Counsel. You know, surround yourself with people who fill in and complement those you know, those areas where you're weak. Uh, you know, that's a much better strategy than trying to be good at everything. You know, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, but uh, so, as you're getting into this, like, what what what? What are some of the takeaways here? Are, are we looking at it, it's good to understand where people are coming from and you yes. know, be able to understand when, when I'm negotiating, if I'm negotiating with someone who is confrontational, then I want to be more direct in my responses. If they're non-confrontational, I want to, you know, maybe massage that a little bit more. I mean, is that, yeah. is that what we're looking at here? Yes. And, and this is the bigger picture. We're moving into a worldwide market. We deal. Move it. We're there. <laughs> I, well, some we, parts of rural America are not. Uh, okay, so, I, we're but, still going deeper. But, that's that's but true. We're, we're becoming more and more uh, of a world market. More mm-hmm. this, more so. Well, more so than we have ever been in history. Right, guaranteed. Right, okay. Right. So here's what's fascinating. Each culture is driven by a different confrontational, non-confrontational, and individual versus collectivism. Okay. Mm-hmm. Each one of those characteristics is different by each culture. And as the world becomes a melting pot per se, all of a sudden, if I'm negotiating with my uh, neighbor who's lived in this area their whole life, we we get each other. Right. The negotiations are fairly easy. But now all of a sudden, I... Well, yes uh, and no. <laughs> well, because it's your neighbor, but... It depends. On if you've got good terms with them, they're fairly easy. If you've got, you but, know, bad blood for history, that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but now that we are dealing with people who are coming in or we're having conversations with people from all over the world, okay, you, you need to start to understand that because otherwise your negotiations go south really fast. Yeah, yeah. When I don't understand the characteristics of someone who, who comes from an Asian country or, or even Canada and, and Mexico, our two most common trade partners, yeah. okay, as we do business back and forth there. So, so you have to think about, okay, what are the characteristics of that country when it comes to these traits so that I can better communicate with them to work this out? Because if, if by nature, um, one of them is confrontational and the other one is non-confrontational and I go right from one meeting, having a conversation with uh, someone in Canada versus to Mexico, and, uh, I try to apply the same tactics, it isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. It isn't going to work. So, but that, that's the piece I think I want more people to think about is that think about 
the fact that so many other cultures are in America now, so many other demographics, ethnics, races, etc., that that you you can't just assume that I'm going to come to the table and negotiate like I did 30 years ago. Yeah. Isn't going to work today. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think the other thing that uh, that, that you point out is that uh, negotiations are happening at a higher level. Yes, you know. Um, and, and what I mean by that is maybe the impact is not as, as, as severe. And I also feel like there are more options. You know, if negotiations fail, I've got a lot of options. I can, you know, I, I had just the other day, you know, someone wanted me to come and do a presentation for them. And I'm like, yeah, happy to. And, uh, and I told them, I'm like, look, here, here's my speaking fee. Here's my travel fee. And they looked at there and they're like, oh, well, that's higher than anyone else that, that we have. And I'm just like, I don't actually care what you're paying other people. That, that, that has right. nothing to do with me. This is my speaking fee. This is my travel fee, you know? And, and so um, they ended up canceling with me because they're just like, yeah, uh, we're, we're just, you know, you, you would, you'd be the highest, you know, the highest paid person at our conference and, and we just can't do that. I'm like, that's fine. And I turned around ironically and uh, did negotiations for a very similar kind of uh, presentation with another organization and they actually, they paid, you know, my speaking fee, my travel fee. And they came to me and they said, there's like, we're sorry that, uh, you know, that, that we can't include any extra. And I'm like, no, no, you guys are good. You, you, you know, you covered, you know, you covered what, what I charge. And they're like, oh, okay, well, we're, we're so grateful that you're taking. And the attitude was so different between the two negotiations that, you know, the, and it was the same thing. It was the same offering on my end. And, and the one, you know, they, they saw this as a huge value and the other, they, you know, they, they decided to bow out. And so, you know, I look at negotiations and I'm like, okay, when we get into these, one, there's, there's options, there's opportunity, you know, so don't be afraid, you know, like I could have tried to work that first one and thrown in some discounts and, you know, tried to really make something happen. And I'm just like, you know what, it's not my target market. I'm not worried about it. You know, we'll just move on. And, and, you know, so I was able to stick to, you know, my principles as, uh, you know, as, as a company. Um, but the other thing is just how interesting, you know, these negotiations. Uh, I did the one with someone I've never met them before. The other person I, I have actually met before. But the one, I did the full negotiation without ever even meeting them. It was done 100%. There was one phone call and the rest was done via email. And so, you know, trying to flesh out what's going on with these different personalities. And and I, I, I sort of wish we had done this episode before because I didn't realize how non-confrontational that first one was. And I was just going in. I'm like, well, these are my rates. This is what I do. Let me know. <laughs> you know, and, and I probably should have, uh, you know, probably should have approached that with a, oh, well, you know, help me understand, you know, you're, you're saying that you're concerned that, that I'm, you know, so far out of range of what you're doing with the other presenters. Help me understand what's going on with the other presenter. You know, I probably should have negotiated that a little bit better, uh, but I didn't. I was, I was very confrontational. I'm just like, well, take it or leave it. <laughs> well, I, I hope the listeners just take some value of understanding that there's more to negotiations than figuring out a price. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can be direct and we, you know, everyone comes to the table with something different, but uh, everyone's looking for a win-win. We all want to be able to walk away from the table feeling like we're a little better off. Mm -hmm. And that can happen that 
the more that you understand negotiations, traits around it, and you and you uh, bring a, and educate yourself, so you bring a higher level of emotional intelligence to the table, so that it, you're you're driving that conversation, so it does become a win-win. Because when you're when you're uh, the party you're negotiation negotiating with comes away happy, um, you're you're likely going to have many more wins with them into the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, super fascinating. Well, hey, uh, been a great episode. I, uh, I I I love when we do these part twos because uh, you know it, it it helps us kind of you know bring it in, bring it in. I, honestly, there's a couple things that I still want to cover. We 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 might Maybe we might we'll sneak a part, part three. three in on this because uh, yeah, there's there's some interesting things that uh, that that still are on the table with this discussion. But uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. This has uh, been an episode of Marketing Management Money. You can check us out at marketingmanagementmoney.com. Uh, get a sense of all the stuff that we uh, that we have to offer. Uh, be sure to subscribe and share. Uh, we love to get this uh, content out with as many people as possible. Uh, so thank. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month, and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content, such as interviews and short discussions.